Great afternoon. You are in the fast lane with Sarah Jane, and I have been on an absolute hiatus from podcasts. Um, if anyone knows me, you know that I'm opening a new office. And so as much as I love the podcasting, I knew that I couldn't dedicate as much time to it. And now I am so excited to return. And this guest that is with me today, I had spoken with her well over a year ago about coming on the podcast and she is a very busy woman um, our schedules never matched up today i'm back in the podcast lane and i am here with miranda inglis the ceo of pure haven so welcome miranda thank you sarah i am so glad that this has finally worked out such that we can come together because i know we have been talking about doing this for a while <laughs> so so glad to be here so glad to be here it I'm so glad that this worked out and I want everyone who has listened to the podcast and if you haven't, if you're new to it, the goal is to encourage people to live better, do better, be better because I think that in some aspect of our life, we can always probably improve and Miranda really encompasses living, doing, being better. So I want you to tell your story because Miranda is extremely intelligent and what is really comforting is that uh, I met her in person for the first time in Panama. And that's right. I, that's I right. Say that about many people. Right. And at that time, she was the CFO. So she's a big deal in Pure Haven. And she sat on this bus with me. We were going um, on a tour and we just sat and she told me her story and the story was great. And little old consultant me sitting with the CFO. And I mean, she just she was just one of one of us. Yeah, so you're always you're just very friendly. You're very approachable. You know what you're doing. So how did you get here? Let, let's where did you start? Let's start there. Ah, uh, well, where did I start? I started um, I grew up on a farm in little old Ohio. <laughs> um, I actually um, grew up on the on the farm that my great grandparents had had purchased oh. right after the Depression. Um which is is interesting because growing up in a in a small community um you don't realize maybe what you're exposed to what you're not exposed to like you get you, you know you kind of grow up a certain way my dad always had a garden which was part of you know so we ate a certain way right so we we uh, you know we we raised the the meat that we that we then ate right we raised the things in the garden that we ate. and I could, I think I just kind of took that for granted didn't realize that other people didn't do that um and so then you get into your teenage years and you're like, ah, oh, I'm going to do whatever I want, right? I'm just going to eat whatever I want. I'm going to do whatever I want. Um, you know, you get in with friends, you know, you want to try all of these different things. And um, I didn't pull together, you know, starting at a young age, I I had I had, I had pretty severe acne um, as an adolescent and then going into high school and teenage years, um, at age 19, I was diagnosed with polycystic ovarian syndrome. What I didn't realize prior to that was that the acne and the cysts and things I had some, I was exhibiting some symptoms of that, but the reaction was to go the traditional medicine route and put me on, um, Accutane, which was, terrible and then uh birth control to control um both the acne and the cysts that I was de developing and then finally real you know so at 19 18 19 years old 
having PCOS didn't, it, it, it was an inconvenience to me, right? It meant that I, you know, had acne. I went to college and versus eating the whole foods that I had been eating growing up, all of a sudden ramen and Papa John sounded like a really <laughs> good idea. And I had gained a freshman 50 versus a freshman 15. Right. So, and my health just kind of spiraled, um, it through my early, my, you know, adolescence into early adulthood of, by looking up by the time I was, you know, like 20, 22, 23 years old. And I was probably on seven or eight prescription medications. I was also, you know, cause one thing would lead to another, Oh, you've got to take this, this birth control to, to, to handle this. Now you've, your cholesterol is too high. Now you've got to take spiralactone, like all of these different things to, to, um, you know, one would lead to another. And I just kind of, was also in a very toxic relationship at that time. So it's not an area of my of my life that I talk. It was like that I talk about all that often. But I think it's important to understand that through my experience, what I realized, I it's like I I woke up when I was 25 years old, looked around, realized I'm in a toxic relationship. I'm taking seven different prescription medications, um, and. I actually had been introduced to somebody who is a dear, dear friend who had been studying homeopathy at the time. They were they were making a career change and he was studying homeopathy and he said, hey, I need some test patients to work through for his clinical. And I said, you know, hey, I have I have chronic sinus infections. Didn't realize all the other things that I had. <laughs> and um, it was like a, a, a bit of a waking up experience that, and I think that, um, you know, different people in my life, re me waking up to the fact that that was not how I wanted to live my life. So I got out within a matter of, of months after that, it was like, I woke up, I got out of that toxic relationship. I wrote down the things that I wanted in life. Right. I, um, started just really, looking at more holistic modalities. So I would say for 20 years now, I have been on this journey of healing myself and learning. So from homeopathy and and really working through that, um, that modality, um, acupuncture, I, I worked with an acupuncturist, uh, yoga, I got Reiki certified, like all of these different things that I was doing, right? So um, I had worked on, on, you know, he, in a way healing myself and learning just, I wanted to learn as much about my goal was to get off all of those medications mm -hmm. and to become the healthiest version of myself. Well, of course I, I then met my husband who was on my list of things that I wanted, <laughs> right? I made a list, um, one of which included someone willing to sing karaoke and dance with me, which my, my husband is, which I love his name is Jim. <laughs> Um, but it was, uh, you know, through that whole process of just like growing as a person and working to get off medications, um, not as much focusing on my weight. I knew I had underlying PCOS, right. Which wasn't necessarily going to go away. Um, but I didn't realize until I got married to my husband, um, Jim, and we started to try to have a family, like in the back of my mind, that was going to be hard. I knew it would be hard because I was diagnosed with PCOS so young. 
but I didn't know how hard, right? So the things that I had learned just kind of dabbled in, um, then became super important to me because now I wanted to be a mother, right? And I wanted to be a mother so badly that I was willing to try anything. Um, we, we went through a struggle of, you know, tr- going back and forth between whether we should work with a reproductive endocrinologist, whether that was something that we even wanted to look at, go a more natural way. And we had a, a loss as we were trying, that was kind of, um, we were midway through the pregnancy when I lost the baby, which was very hard. You know, you, you kind of, when, when you feel like your body is not working and you feel like it's turning against you in this most basic way, because as women, you know, you think that you should, you know, you should just be able to try to have a baby and it should happen right? Nobody had ever talked to me about, even through, even though I had worked through um, homeopaths, I'd worked with people around nutrition and diet. I'd worked through people um, around, you know, acupuncture, you know, these different modalities. Nobody had ever talked to me about environmental triggers for infertility. And I really went through this journey of cleaning up my food. You know, we started to eat organically. I actually went back to a lot of the things that my dad was doing in the garden, not even realizing that that's what was so important. Mm-hmm. You know, understanding where was food coming from, you know, buying organic, but also buying like, hey, is it in season? Eating seasonally, that type yes. of thing. Yep. Um, I met, Um, I was actually... Uh, and, and started my career as an engineer with Honda and Honda actually had this program where they had a very strong relationship with Ohio State University and Ohio State University was starting one of the first centers for integrative health um, in the state. And because of that, the doctors, there was this uh, doctor, his name is Dr. Ackerman, who had started that integrative work and he um, I became a patient of his by learning through um, through um, Honda that he even existed, right? And he talked about, um, kind of opened my eyes to this whole idea of nutrigenomics. And nutrigenomics talks about how our the genome, the human genome, has taken thousands of years to to evolve and change, right? And that food actually evolved faster than the human genome could right so half of what we were eating is is not even anything that we can that we can process one of the worst ones being gluten right which a lot of people will say hey i've got a gluten intolerance or i've got a dairy intolerance or, i've got something else it, it, and his he was kind of doing some brown groundbreaking work around um working at, with the james uh, the cancer institute and linking that back to nutrition so in that space, I grew a ton. I, you know, it took years to kind of heal my gut, get to a point of being able to actually carry a child, get off all of the medicines that I was on. Um, and then, you know, we, after five years of trying, we finally did get pregnant uh, and have our first son. His name is Nash and he is awesome and fabulous and wonderful. And I had 
read all the books about everything that you, you know, to do. I knew I was going to, you know, I was going to cloth diaper. I was going to make all of our own foods. I was going to, you know, all of these things that I wanted to do. I was working with a midwife. I had my doula, had all of these, all of these things that I, that I knew that I needed to welcome the baby in. Well, then nothing went as planned. (laughs) Nothing at all went as planned. He was, you know, I wasn't going to spur my body to, to, um, I didn't want to be induced. I wanted to have a natural labor. I, I, you know, I knew that we were going to make some decisions around, um, you know, what we were going to allow into his body when he was really, really young, you know, you know what we wanted to do there, but his actual birth did not go the way I planned. I ended up having a C-section because, he was posterior. He was a big baby. He was about nine pounds, five ounces. He had, he presented with merconium, like all the things we'd done the Bradley method. We had prepared ourselves, you know, all of the things. Um, but because, and I was actually induced with acupuncture, um, so that I didn't have to be induced in a traditional setting. Mm-hmm. Um, but even all of those things, they, it didn't go as planned. Right. And, and then I had this baby that um, was allergic to everything under the sun. Like he, I, um, during my pregnancy, I remember I had been so sick that my um, my midwife had told me, she's like, what can you eat, right? What sounds good to you? And I said, a chocolate milkshake and like six Fazoli's breadsticks, which I knew I was like, those things are not good for me. But I, she's like, you know what? Just do whatever you need to do, right? To 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 stay healthy, have energy. Well, I'm an all or nothing type of gal, so that led to my husband making me a chocolate homemade chocolate milkshake every single night. I mean, now it was. You know, it was uh, it, it it was whole milk. In fact, it would be whole aromic. It was good stuff that we were mm-hmm. making this stuff out of. Um, but then uh, Nash was born with a complete dairy intolerance oh, <laughs> and gluten into like all of the things, right? So he came to us pre-programmed with a list of allergies that was just as long as my arm. And to that point, I thought that I was doing a really good job because I knew about organic food. I knew about like not wanting the, the medical intervention as much as possible. Right. Um, we had written into our birth plan, you know, this, in this unlikely situation that you have a C-section, right? Like this is what I want to do. So we got all of those accommodations, which was good. I wasn't prepared for a child that was not going to sleep more than 45 minutes for an entire year like I it was and he also he wouldn't take a bottle so I mean I nursed my kids for a long time so he you know I was doing it we cloth diapered we did you know he was nursed for a long time he never took a bottle I actually went back to work and he would not eat all day on a day that I was at work and then he would eat all night so I feel like I didn't sleep for an entire year. It was like, this is what I was willing to do for my children. And we suffered through about nine months of that, of him just being so uncomfortable until we finally took him to, um, I had actually researched um, pediatricians that were um, 
to me, they were vaccine friendly because we knew that we wanted to delay a vaccination. We weren't saying that it was completely off the table, uh, but we were, we were not, we we're not doing it right away. So you needed to have a pediatrician that was friendly to that. Mm-hmm. So I had read the vaccine book by Dr. Sears. I had found a doctor through them that was vaccine friendly. So she actually then sent us to another um, natural practitioner that was doing some body response testing to determine what he was actually reacting to, which was how we determined what it was. And it was a whole host of foods, but it was also some of these chemicals were flagging. And I was like, well, wait, like, where would those even be coming from? Right. I didn't even think, I mean, I had, I thought, felt like I had done all of the things, right. I mean, I'm, nursing this child i'm controlling the food that i'm eating i'm you know we're cloth diapering we're doing all of these things never even thinking for one moment that the products that i was using outside of that actually had chemicals in them because i'd read food labels i had read all kinds of labels and this was an eye-opening experience for me because then I looked at this child who I had waited and prayed and wanted for five years, right? And now watching him not sleeping, being like, I just want you to go to sleep. I'll do anything. <laughs> but then also being so thankful to him because he taught me how, hey, dummy, you were reading labels on food. You were reading labels on everything else, but you weren't reading labels on the laundry soap that you are washing my clothes in. You weren't reading the label on the soap and lotions that you were putting on my body, you know, I had even thought about the diapers and, you know, what might be in those, right? I had thought about all of that, but I had, you know, been fine with them washing my baby in Johnson and Johnson baby soap at the hospital and, you know, people wanting that draft smell. I mean, I was, mm-hmm. I actually, from a laundry detergent, because if you've met a, a, a somebody who was really into their cloth diapering, you know that they are like, fanatic about what they will wash their diapers in. So it was really interesting. I was washing the diapers in one thing, but not even thinking about the clothes. I was like, what are you doing? So when all of these (laughs) things triggered, I was like, oh man, like we have to change up our products. Right. And I went on. And so this is, you know, Nash is going to be 12 in April and we went on this whole long journey of me trying to find products, actually reading the labels, trying to find products that would work. And I actually started making my own products because I could not find anything at that point. Um, I couldn't, I could find very little that I felt comfortable using it, it for my family. And so, as you said, you know, oh hey, I'm a, gosh. I'm a smart person. You know, I can figure this out. I can do anything. But now I'm like, I'm making all the food. I'm making all of my own products. And really what was amazing, honestly, Sarah, was how quickly um, once I switched back to the diet things that I knew that had really led me toward being able to conceive Nash in the first place, but then added on the product, like I had not realized, like I didn't know it wasn't normal to not have a period every month because I had never in my entire life had a period every month. Um, and you know, you just, you don't talk about those things, right? I mean, this is an area of, of shame or, or whatever that you just, and you just don't think to ask like, Hey, 
it's not normal to have a period. Like, I mean, with not being on birth control. And I realized like being put on birth control so early mm-hmm. in, in life, I likely had birth control induced infertility because one thing leads to another. Sure. Right. But once we got all of those, the chemicals out, we started switching our products over food, everything like that. I lost 30 pounds, like re- like within a month and a half, and then got pregnant with my second son right away. Yeah, I was still nursing Nash. Uh, my boys are only 21 months apart. And, you know, he taught us so much about what we really needed to know, right? And reminded me some things that I did know, but then, you know, taught us so much. So, and it was like overnight with him too. Once we switched our diets, once we changed and cut some of those chemicals out, this child slept. He was healthy. He never had an ear infection again. He, you know, it was just incredible. So then I go into my second pregnancy with with my my second guy. His name is Cade. What a different experience. I was the healthiest I've ever been through through uh, pregnancy. I actually saw a chiropractor um, early on, like starting at 20, we, I think it was around um, somebody who did the Webster method Mm -hmm. um, because I knew something with Kate, the way that Nash presented um, physically, because he was posterior, it's very hard to deliver a baby that way. Plus he was so big. I wanted to make sure that my body was ready because I more than anything wanted to prove that my body wasn't completely broken and I wanted to have a V-back, right? Mm -hmm. So with Cade, we, you know, I stuck to the diet. There were no chocolate milkshakes, unfortunately. (laughs) Um, There were definitely no Fazoli's breadsticks. Um, I, uh, another devastating thing, sorry, coming back to Nash's birth was that um, it was a week before, like I was already two, I I was, I let, they let me go two weeks over with him. but a week prior, they had informed me that my weight had gone above the limit to be able to do a water birth in the hospital. And I was devastated because my entire plan oh. was that, right? So um, coming in, my end of my pregnancy weight with Nat- with Cade was under what my beginning pregnancy weight was with Nash. Wow. And so um, because I had done the chiropractic, because I had done, um, had gone back to those roots of homeopathy and, you know, acupuncture, you know, yoga, I'd done yoga all the way through movement, you know, all of the things that I had learned, I was able to have a, a V back with Kate, totally unmedicated, um, was able to get in the water. The thing was like, mm-hmm. I had to fight for all of that though, because you didn't know what, was an option because the hospital would never present what an option was. Right. And then all of those things that we had learned with Nash, we had, we, we translated to Cade. Cade was the healthiest baby ever. He slept, he ate like all of these things. Night and day. Night and day. Um, But then now I have two kids under two and I was also working part, I was working part time. I had PS, um, fought for a part-time program for professionals at um, Honda, which I eventually got. But then I realized that just meant that I was doing the same amount of work um, in less time, time. right? In half the time and for less the pay. And so um, I didn't have time to make my products anymore. Like I I was like, 
it was not feasible for me to have these two small children be able to. So I went on a hunt to try to find products that were safe. Um, I'd found my food sources, right? We were part of local co-ops. We, you know, were buying directly from farmers that on pasture raised meats, like doing the things to control our environment as much. But um, between that and I didn't want to go out in public looking like I did um, with my homemade shampoo because it, it's way harder to make shampoo than you can ever imagine. And um, even though I've got skills, that was not one of them. Um, so I eventually found a product um, that worked for my family, had a whole line, and um, now just happens that I'm now the CEO of that company, which seems completely and utterly not possible. But <laughs> starting with how it started, I think you just said, hey, how did it start? And then I told you the whole thing. Um, so hopefully that was um, the story that you wanted to hear. But it has, it yeah. has been one of... Um, never accepting just accepting one point of resource of one resource point Mm -hmm. as this is the absolute truth and then pushing for answers pushing to know that look my my body should know what to do something is keeping it from doing what it needs to do Mm -hmm. right and it really was the drive to want to be a mother, which I'm glad to say, because I know that so many people go down this journey Mm -hmm. of infertility and it doesn't end up that they have children. You know, I have dear, dear friends that, that, that they're still on that journey. Right. And I feel blessed that we were able to, but I think that the reason that we were able to, is that I leaned in to a lot of different possibilities, right? And I leaned into gleaning information from as many different points as I could and then continuing to learn, right? It started with somebody just randomly saying the word homeopathy to me that I'd never heard before, leaning in and wanting to learn more and what that idea even comes from, what the, you know, work with your body rather than against, right? You know, that Mm -hmm. seed of information. And then that led to, well, what else could be inhibiting my body from doing, you know, Mm -hmm. what does environmental toxins mean? Um, Mm -hmm. And I think it has, it has continued to lead to me understanding that you need to think and eat and be toxin-free to actually Mm -hmm. be able to have your body do what it needs to do. We we inhibit it in so many ways, right? In, in, in ways that we don't even, we don't even think are an issue, right? Like why would a, why would a, a preservative system in a shampoo or a lotion that I was using, why would it even have anything to do with my fertility, right? With me, Mm -hmm. my body's ability to have a period every month. Um, but it does for me, it absolutely does because after now, after having Nash and then working through Katie and then having both of those births and learning so much through wanting to have children, like I then had a regular, you know, because I cut all of that stuff out, I was able to have a regular period every single month, right. For the last you know, whether you want them or not, turns out that you need them, right? Mm-hmm. And it's good for mm-hmm. you to do that. And 
And I still continue to learn and grow. You know, I think that we, even in the role that I'm in now, um, wanting to, a, a lot of times, um, the products that I was using, like some things that I was making in my kitchen, it was like, yeah, they work kind of right. But wanting to have continuously drive, um, our team and what we do to, to make products that, that work mm -hmm. that you don't have to worry about. Right. Not like bucking the system to say, yeah, you can make something that doesn't have a harsh preservative in it. That's really going to mess with your body, whether you realize it or not. Mm -hmm. And, and not being okay with just mediocre performance in that product. Um, so that's a really good point. And I like how you said, cause everyone will talk about what they eat, right? Yeah. Eat healthy, eat healthy, eat healthy, but no one stresses what you put on your body. And I'm assuming a lot of the people who are listening, you know, have been, you know, tried some of the Pure Haven products, but let's mm -hmm. say you haven't think about everything you use with shampoo, conditioner, hairspray, gel, lotion, um, hyaluronic, at, you know what I mean? There's so many things that you use and all of them have a plethora of chemicals in them. When you really start to think about that, it's, it almost, it's stressful. It's, it's overwhelming. Well, because, it and the other thing is, you know, the realization that, you know, I think that people know, like they're, they know they're taking a risk when they take a medication. So let's just talk about, you know, pharmaceuticals or something like that. They, they know, Hey, there's a warning label on that. And it's taking, you know, there's something there, but you know, it's, what is it really doing when they, and they make some assumptions, they make some assumptions that some due diligence is happening similarly, like let's say in a personal care space, the reality is no, there's nobody out there that is testing what you're using every day in, in a, in a um, holistic way, mm -hmm. because most likely you're buying things from 15 different companies and nobody is testing the combination of how all, all of those things come together. Mm -hmm. And, a lot of times those companies are saying, well, yeah, this is, this is at a safe and acceptable level in this. Um, but they don't realize that same ingredient is in eight of the products that you're using and the bioaccumulative effect does get to a level that is not safe for you, but nobody is testing it, right? Nobody is saying, Hey, you know, make sure if you're using something with a paraben in it, that you're only using one of them, right? That you're not using, that it isn't in eight of the products because all of a sudden now it's at a level um, that that it, your body can't withstand. And really the other thing is people assume that your skin is a barrier when actually your skin isn't a barrier, it's a carrier. And it does allow things to not only penetrate through it, but get directly into your bloodstream without going through. We have an internal detoxification system that's happening all the time, which is your liver and your kidneys. Mm -hmm. Well, if something comes in through your skin, it's bypassing that and getting directly into your bloodstream mm -hmm. before it even gets to your liver and kidneys. And, you know, then, then it can, it can cause more issue. And people are like, Oh, when you talk to them about that, they're like, Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, it does completely bypass 
Um, I assumed one, it wasn't actually even ab completely absorbing through my skin and getting into my bloodstream. And two, I wouldn't, you know, wouldn't have even thought, you know, you know, for instance, you know, there's a lot of evidence that shows that aluminum is storing, um, is binding to, to fat cells, right? It gets stuck in, in your cells. So breast tissue, for instance, and breast cancer, um, tissue, a lot of times has aluminum in it. And that's because your body has no way of getting those things out once they're in there. Um, mostly because they bypassed the natural way that things would come into your body, which is through your mouth. <laughs> you know, that's why people put so much focus on, Hey, something goes in through my mouth and I'm eating it. You know, you'd, you'd almost be better off eating some of these things than putting them in your skin right. because w one of two things would happen. You would either get sick quite quickly or you would vomit, you know, two different types of sickness, right? Or third option, your liver and kidneys and the stomach acids and all of the things and, you know, that 80% of your immune system that's in your gut, all of those things would work that thing through and then you would pass it out mm -hmm. through your normal process. But when you put it on your skin, you bypass all of that completely and you, it's going to accumulate into your, into your tissue and your fat and, and all, of, you know, get to your brain as fast as 23. 23 seconds. You know, there's a reason why um, a transdermal patch is applied when somebody has a hysterectomy, because if they waited for the medication for you to take a pill, you to wake up, take a pill and um, have that hormone go through the whole system, it would be too late. You would be in menopause by the time you got out of the surgery. They put it on your skin because it gets to into your bloodstream and into to your brain faster than anything else. And so people should let that sit and resonate with them that if they think that there isn't a potentially even larger danger of our personal care industry, they're dead wrong because it is actually a much larger issue and there is less oversight and control in that space than there is in what you're putting in your body. You know, there are acceptable limits of all kinds of things for that the FDA is is looking at from food and a food and drugs right they are the food and drug administration right they're not the food <laughs> drug and personal care <laughs> administration um group and I, look I'm not pushing for more regulation because I think they screw up in food and drugs all the time <laughs> PS oh, yeah. um but people when when I realized through learning from my children who I'm so so grateful for this issue, I, I couldn't, I couldn't unknow what I had learned. Mm -hmm. And so it became a deep seated passion within me for people to know about this and then to be, have, have a solution that you could offer to people that you knew truly was safe, um, which isn't easy, right? It, it turns out it isn't easy to, to, you know, to make products that truly are, um, safe and, and toxin free for people. So. And it sounds overwhelming, but really it doesn't have to be because you don't have to, I mean, you can, you can be wild and dramatic and throw everything out and start new, but you know, or you could start slowly. And so when people ask me like, where should I start? 
Well, I would say detergent because you lay in your sheets, you lay in your, you know, you're wearing your clothes 20, you know, 24 hours a day, you got underwear, right. you got something. How about deodorant? Maybe you're not putting makeup on or washing your hair on a Saturday, but you're probably putting deodorant on or toothpaste because right. usually you brush your teeth every day. Even right. if you start with those three or one of those three, I mean, it can make a huge difference. Right. And exactly. The, the, I really want to make sure, um, I, I want Miranda to come back because I don't want the importance of Pure Haven to be missed in this. And this isn't like a big, I'm really trying to generate sales here. No, no, I'm really trying to generate the information for you that our kids, when they're little, they have their mouth on the window, right? And there's Windex on the window or they drop something on the, let's say, my kids have dropped like yogurt on the counter and then they lick it off. Well, if you're using Clorox wipes, your kids are licking up Clorox wipes. Like there's so many things that we don't think about. And the nice thing about Pure Haven is that you really don't have to look at the ingredients unless you have some type of maybe allergy to grapefruit or something like that. You know, right. and if there's a grapefruit deodorant we have or something like that, you never have to look at a label. You never have to read the label and worry about what's in it one time ever. And it's right. so well, refreshing. And the thing is, we disclose everything. So it's yeah. not like um, we're hiding under like a fragrance, fragrance. ingredient or we're hiding under, you know, a natural flavor or we're hiding under a sub ingredient. Like all of those are disclosed. And, you know, if you are allergic to something, we give you easy access to understand you know, hey, you can't use coconut. Well, here's everything that's in, that has coconut mm -hmm. in it, right? Like mm -hmm. those type of things, because we believe it's important for people to be able to understand what they're actually putting on their skin because it's mm -hmm. that that carrier versus a barrier. Um, and I think that, yeah, I think there's so much more we could dive into. Um, but, I, I, you know, a lot of times, Sarah, I appreciate you um, wanting to talk about what led me to this because I think that it's something that is important to understand that, that it, one, this didn't just happen overnight for me, right? right? This was, that's why I say, hey, this has been a, you know, an over 20 year journey of trying to figure out like, you know, from just the seed of something to realizing like there's something bigger here. And, and also to realize that, um, I know when I tried to go gluten and dairy free, I remember walking into a Kroger um, being completely overwhelmed, reading the labels on everything, crying and yep. leaving the store without purchasing one thing. And an experience like that, I remember just thinking, if somebody could just tell me what tastes good or tell me what will work so that I don't have to worry about this, I, it would be worth everything in the world to me. So an experience like that leads us into what we do at Pure Haven to be able to be like, you shouldn't have to worry about this. Mm -hmm. It's there. We're sorry that it's there in this industry that is completely unregulated, but you shouldn't have to worry about this. And you shouldn't have to worry about what's in your food. Mm -hmm. And you shouldn't have to worry about toxic thought. But the reality is all of those things are there. And to truly live a toxin-free life, you have to hit it from, from all of those angles. And you just have to start. You just have to start making a baby step toward mm -hmm. um, living lower tox or non-tox. Um, so, mm -hmm. yeah. And I love that you shared your story because this isn't a fad. This is decades in the making. 
um, you have found what works and you have made it your mission to help people because it, it truly is life changing when right. people can, you know, get off Medicaid. When you were put on all those medications, there was no end game for you. No, you were on those medications and it was a lot of them were probably indefinite. They were. And that's what I kept asking. I'm like, so how long am I going to have to take this? Right. And they're like, well, I mean, forever, forever. And you're like, well, wait, that, that doesn't make sense. Why should you have to take anything forever? You know, and I, I don't want to make light of some people having some very serious health conditions where no. they do, you know, um, but there, we should always question anything that, that, says, that, that says that because it seems very short-sighted, you know, and is there another way that you can live within your lifestyle? You know, just talking about, um, just talking about cancer, you know, 90% of cancer is environmental. I mean, environmental can mean a lot of things mm -hmm. environmental. I mean, they look a lot of things into, mm -hmm. you know, it can be your mental health. It can be, you know, the, the air, your water, your, you know, the things that you are exposed to, but a lot of those things are also things that you are purchasing off the shelf that are known carcinogens mm -hmm. that are not even being disclosed to you. And, um, being a human guinea pig, which a lot of us are in a, in a ton of ways, doesn't have to be the way that you live your life. Right. And once you realize that, um, once you realize that there is this movement and this, this, um, this, this way that you can take control of that, um, that it feels so em empowering to know and overwhelming at the same time, because you almost have to, um, it feels as if you're pushing against something that is such a, it's so prolific out there. And people will look at you and be like, well, how can, how can when I'm a lotion or how can, yeah. you know, just eating McDonald's every once in a while, you're like, how is that going to be an issue? And look, if you want a Big Mac, like every year, like if that's what you want, like you just have to know, like then just work with your body right? Don't just expect that there is no, that there's, there's no impact to that decision, that right or wrong decision, right? We're always making those, those choices every single day. Mm -hmm. So, well, Miranda, we're going to have to do a part two so we yeah. <laughs> can dive into some of the products. And so people can understand how simple it is, but I think this is wonderful for people to understand. This is a process. It's not something that happens overnight. And this is some, and you encourage people to live better, do better, be better, not right. only on um, an emotional level, level or a personal level, but also um, health wise. So I love what you do. I'm so <laughs> happy what you do. I love watching your videos. I love seeing your posts. I love seeing everything with your family. I enjoy it. So thank you for joining us today. Absolutely. And, uh, we will, I, we're going to have Let's get on the schedule and we will. Abs um, absolutely. You know, I'd love to dive into how we make our product, how it's a differentiating yes. factor, all of that. Um, and just as a plug, I did just start um, a, a new kind of following of a non-talk CEO on Instagram. So good. if you, yes. if you want to follow uh, me on Instagram for just like lifestyle, that type of tips, um, uh, follow me on non-talk CEO on Instagram. And um, also, you know, Sarah is a wonderful, awesome um, wealth of information around um, 
how you can make little steps each day to, to improve your health. Um, and what you're doing, Sarah, is just so incredible. I'm so glad that you're back in the saddle of podcasting. I love that I'm one of the first people that you're talking to and that this worked out. Wonderful. Well, we will chat again. Okay. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Fast Lane with Sarah Jane podcast. If you like what you hear, share the podcast and hit the subscribe button so you get updates on all new episodes. And we truly love feedback, so ratings and reviews are appreciated.